Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the Military Life Podcast, Chantelle. Thanks, Beck. Thanks for coming on. I guess if we can get started with you telling us how you met your partner, how long you've been together. We've been together since February 2019, so for around four years now. We met on Tinder. We'd had a couple of dates and it was around the time of the weather event where we were in Townsville and I went over his place to look after his dog. Like before that stage, we weren't fully serious and he actually got a call from work and had to be deployed in the region for some assistance with the flooding and the, the disaster. So I, and I got stuck at his house in the floods. So that's our meeting story. Not long after he had to go away, like how did that work with only knowing each other for a short period of time and then looking after his puppy and how did that all play out? Well, and it only ended up really being three days, but he did eventually not long after that have to go somewhere and that didn't face me too much. But so basically like we sort of, it was very, very early days and the flooding occurred and it was like this one in a hundred year event (laughs) and I was with him and he got a message from work on the weekend saying like notice to move, which at the time I sort of was like radio then might get called into work and I didn't really understand like probably at the time, the severity of the weather event, but I ended up getting flooded in at his house because I offered to stay with his little puppy. It was very cute. We still have the dog now. So, but I was there on my own at his house and his roommate also worked with him and got called away. So I was just at his house on my own with his dog for three days straight, like stuck there. I just like ate his food and watched the news, like the floods on the news. It was pretty crazy. That was back in 2019. He kind of just like came back all muddy and 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 that was that my real introduction to dating him I guess and the army and then not long after that he, he went away here and there the first big one was three months away that was my real reality like at first that three days was nothing it was like a little bit exciting like oh <laughs> we're actually in a relationship at this stage that we were together I'd say casually dating I really liked him and there was a lot of potential there but we only had just sort of met less than a month earlier And that's why it was kind of like a little bit funny that I got stranded at his house without him. It was a good way to get to know someone when you sit in their house and can't leave without them for three days, like with his dog. Like I didn't go through and go through his drawers or read his diary or any of that. But yeah, it was just like a interesting way to to start our relationship. Despite the fact that you said that you didn't go through his drawers or anything like that, it's an interesting way to learn about someone depending on what's in their fridge, how they've got their whole cupboard packed, like all those different things that you, you know, yeah. be looking at and what's on their walls, how their furniture <laughs> is situated in their laundry, like, you know, like. Just- yeah. And I think I liked it. Like I was like, oh, okay, I like this. 
<laughs> and I could get to know him by little things like opening the pantry. I could see, for example, there's heaps of spices, different spices in the cupboard. And that surprised me because I didn't think we'd had a day where he'd cooked for me before, but I found out that he really liked cooking and how clean his house was. Well, yeah, exactly. I was actually at the beginning, I was quite, I don't know, I was quite surprised about how clean his house was considering he was sharing it with another guy, which like young single, like I think at the time we were 24. So yeah, he was about 24. I was quite impressed to be honest. How nervous was he feeling about you being there without him? He was fine. Like he didn't, and that's another positive sign that I thought, okay, well, he feels fine with me taking care of his dog, not knowing sort of, he had some idea of what was going on because he had to go into work to get told about, okay, this is a disaster. They just provided support because they had these little boats and it was in the news and so he had some idea that his dog would be home alone for a few days at least. And I, I mean, I was, I'm a teacher and I knew school was sort of not on. So I was like, well, I'm going to have three days off. I'll stay with the puppy. <laughs> worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly. I was more than happy just to spend time with the cute puppy. And <laughs> So even though, like you mentioned, it was only for a short period, did it give you sort of a glimpse of, well, this is how quickly things can change and how he Mm -hmm. would be called on by the Defence Force to move without any notice and go and do those sorts of things and he just has to figure it out. He just has to have someone look after his puppy or if you were in a long-term relationship at that stage, it would be, I have to go, not sure when I'll be back and we just have to deal with being apart at short notice. Yeah, I think it kind of did, yeah. It was a introduction to what it would be like, but at the same time, it was like a false introduction because it was only three days and it was a little bit exciting and he was still in the area. Like it was a weird situation because they were, it was like they were being deployed to their own town to rescue and help in a disaster. So that was a little bit different because the next time that it happened, it was actually, oh, hey, I'm going away for like two or three months and I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> so that was a few months later. He had more worries about it at the beginning than I did because he thought beginning a new relationship he thought that I would lose interest really quickly. Although did the three-day him being pulled away to help in a natural disaster and all of that sort of stuff did that instead of pushing you away did it pull you in further like oh how romantic he's being pulled away by the defense force and look at that uniform (laughs) and off he goes to save the world. A little bit yeah I think it did all in combination with the cute puppy and um, <laughs> how like nice and neat his house was and the spices the uniform the puppy it all just worked together <laughs> yeah just a perfect storm really <laughs> and here is your partner thinking oh she might be scared off or pushed away and you're like coming closer like yeah look at this cute puppy the uniform the spices yeah. I'm all in <laughs> I'm not that sort of person that's not who I am I'm giving someone my time and attention and trying to build a relationship with them two weeks to me in the grand scheme of things is absolutely nothing. So, but I think, I don't know, based off previous experiences or he had this fear or idea that I would get lose interest early on if he had to go somewhere. In some way, the being stuck at his house was also a good thing because he's like, well, she can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, yeah, it's obviously a legitimate fear for yeah. those in the defence force who have no choice but to go, like, in it early on you haven't built those strong bonds but like you said you were focused on seeing what could come of that relationship and short term being apart didn't phase you because you were putting your time and effort and thought it was a person that you wanted to possibly pursue a long-term relationship with so you were oh definitely yeah 
because he was already in the defense force and you got that, I guess, taste of defense life early on, what did it kind of mean when he came back and deciding whether to go forward with a serious relationship? How did that work? And did you and your partner discuss well, we've just had this little taste, but this is what it will mean long-term if we want to stay together. How did that work? He brought it up a lot, actually. He was very forward, even quite early on, after all, everything settled down a little bit. The beginning of the school year and the flooding all happened at the same time. And he just came out and said, this is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a casual relationship. I'm looking for a long-term relationship. I want a partner. I want a relationship. And he was really clear about his fears about me losing interest about because of his job and said it a few times and I I sort of was like you mentioned that (laughs) I understand I know that you're going to be going places and I'm to be honest I like my independence so much that's the sort of thing that I'm up for anyway at that stage because I'm really independent person and I enjoy my alone time and yeah I have a lot of my own interests and have a lot of my own friends and at the time I was working full-time as a teacher and I was really involved in multiple activities like sport (laughs) and yeah I kind of just thought well if you go away for a few months at a time every now and then that really gives me an opportunity to work on myself (laughs) so just having so much time you know available so I I don't know it seemed at the beginning to be really a non-issue for me to be honest him going away until yeah then the reality does hit eventually and when was that reality you mentioned a little while later he went away for two or three months but was that the reality or has it just been the accumulation of being together long term that the three days and the two or three months and all of the requirements of defense life and the position that your partner's in just have that impact where the novelty wears off and yeah. you settle Almost into like- thinking okay this is long term Almost like, yeah, a little bit, I suppose, of the novelty wears off. I did have a good, pretty good idea. Like I had some idea about what it was involved, even with the posting and that sort of thing. And he explained to me that he wasn't in a posting cycle, like he wasn't in a position at that time where he had to post every two years. But it would be a thing in the future. And I had a lot of friends in Townsville who were army partners because I'd already lived there for a year. And I transfer there for work. So I had some close girlfriends and I was fairly social with those ladies and their partners in my first year of being in town. So, but I didn't have the understanding about what all the fuss was about or like what, you know, my perspective was that they have to disappear for a few months and even sometimes a year. And that's really hard on their partners. That's part of the job. But I didn't understand it from their point of view, like their perspective, who had, they actually had partners and what they were going through it so it sort of I think when multiple things started happening at once like I had to move house and then that was planned I was moving out of my apartment because I had to move and I ended up this is a little while down the track but still about six months into our relationship or so so moving quite quickly six or seven months and he then got noticed to move again and he actually had to go overseas for a period of time it was a deployment and Actually, it fell on the time I was supposed to move and all this other stuff was going on and that's when I was sort of off it. (laughs) That's when it started to get really hard because I was like, I got really sick too. I was teaching prep. I'm an early childhood teacher. So I was having a lot of stuff going on at work with like 
just some issues with not being supported with some of my people in my team and I actually experienced workplace bullying and harassment at a particular place that I was working at so and I was still sort of working through that and I caught glandular fever and then I was moving house all on my own and then he wasn't there to help me and that all just piled on at once and, I, and that's when the reality hit of oh okay. <laughs> because even with his support from afar sometimes you don't have the energy I guess to explain the depth of what's going on you want them to know what's going on with you and it's taking up so much of your energy with something like workplace bullying and harassment that's a huge thing but they can only understand so much because they are so far away and they can only support you so much but you want to let them in but you also don't want to spend all your time when you're communicating focusing on those you also want to connect as a couple so like how did you balance that? exactly focusing on us as a couple it was probably six months into the relationship and it's at the stage where like the honeymoon period is not over but it's starting to get to the stage where you actually have to maintain like you have to put work into a relationship and it becomes tougher when it starts to be long distance because you do have to put an effort to speak to the other person and when time zones and stuff come into it and those are different when you've been at work all day and you're catching up with friends, but it's the only time that he can call. Sometimes you might not want to really talk on the phone. You just want to keep doing what you're doing or you just can't. Like it's, yeah, it's some, that, that part's a little bit tricky and it's almost like for both parties putting in the work of the relationship and receiving emotional support, but as far as practical support goes and having company in person. That would have been a huge amount to be going through solo with even the health issues that you were having and then everything that's happening at work, but then moving on top of it, like, oh, my gosh, they always say it comes in threes and that was definitely like the three (laughs) bad ones all at the one time. I thought that was hard before I had kids. (laughs) And, like, it still was for me at that time because since we've now got on to have two children together I've experienced him going away and being isolated and selling a house and getting ready to move with two children under two like I'd look back on that time and go ha 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 yeah it's all relative to the next thing that you go through like oh well this wasn't as hard as that (laughs) but it is relative so I can't look back on back then Chantal and, and go oh you had it easy because no I didn't have it easy because in that time relative to what I'd experienced that was really tough gosh I don't even think even now that I've got kids that I would see what you went through is easy with glandular fever, workplace harassment, and then also moving. That's just a huge amount to deal with. I had never moved on my own before too. So it was a bit of, I think, naivety from my point of view. I didn't call. I didn't ask anyone for help. I, I don't know. I didn't want to ask for help. I had an issue with asking for help. That's another thing that kind of didn't help. <laughs> um, I didn't think to call on any of my friends. Hey, I'm moving house. Can someone help me? I just paid for a moving company and that wasn't cheap. Then did the rest of the work myself. And then, yeah, and and I was moving into a lovely four-bedroom house and with other, you know, lovely roommates. But there's always, you know, other adults living together. It's never easy to move into a share house essentially. So, Especially with everything else that you were going through at the time you're coming in there with a bit of weight on your shoulders and other stuff that are impacting you emotionally and mentally. It was a turning point too of the relationship. It's at that point we're like, okay, like I was about to move in and he wasn't there and he hadn't been for a while and it was getting to the pointy end of three months or something and I was thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, am I making the right decision? (laughs) But I did. 
And he wasn't even there to know if you were making the right decision because you already moved in by the time he came back. I was already there. So So it was kind of like, well, if we don't work out, well, I've actually been around here more than you the last couple of months. If we don't work out, I have nowhere to live now. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah, but like I struggled a little bit and I was having trouble with, you know, my stuff at work at the time. And I went and got, I didn't ask any of my friends for help to move, but I did go and get some support through my, because I worked for the government through the AP. So, and I went and saw like a counsellor or a psych at the time and she helped me, provided me with support. And I just sort of looked at the situation and I pulled on support to help me through that. And yeah, made the right decisions. In saying that, like, you guys have been together for six months, then he's been away, you've moved in so that when he comes back, you're living together. Like what was yeah. that transition like when he came back from you guys being long distance for a couple of months and being such a fresh relationship to being back together, but then also living together? We'd spent a lot of time together. I'd spent a lot of time together at his house and we'd actually gone together on a trip interstate. So I had some idea what he would be like to live with. And I wasn't worried about that. It was, yeah, it was sort of exciting. Like I went and picked him up in his car <laughs> from after he got back. I think that's classic. You're like, yeah, I'm here. You're like in his hoodie, come from his house that you've moved into in his car. Like, hey, <laughs> his dog. Like, I, it, I kind of felt like I just took over his life a bit. That can't happen without his consent. So it's like, no, he was wanting that, but it was like, it's still a, a very different situation to what I say this in air quotes normal couples would experience. It is, yeah. Now I think about it, it actually is. And I think I was aware of it at the time. That's why I was having a bit of a dilemma. And he was aware of this. Like, um, like it was all just a bit much. I was like, okay, this is huge. Like, I'm moving in with you. Um, is this the right thing that we're doing? And He came back and probably was, I don't know what it's like when they get off those planes from overseas. Like he had a haircut, I think, right before I got him. I actually picked him up from the shops. And it was pretty normal, like a normal transition, to be honest. That's going to then be the base of your relationship. That's what's normal for you guys. It was normal for him to go away a couple of weeks into your relationship then a couple of months into it and it's what you guys are used to and you're basing your experience off that I guess well yeah it's pretty normal for our relationship to move pretty quickly and that's something I was aware of made moving in while he was away a bit challenging but it was good yeah (laughs) it wasn't long after that that it was like within a month of him coming back from that first deployment that I found out I was pregnant. Like we found out I was pregnant, which was a surprise. So that was, it was a good surprise, but I'm sure you've heard about people come back from being away and then they get a baby (laughs) 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 soon after. And And they're very excited to see each other. And then nine months later, there's a baby. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's where Olive comes into the picture. (laughs) How did that even despite the fact that it wasn't planned, but it was a a lovely surprise. In your head, was that a huge shift to, okay, well, I had this planned for my work and for this, and we talked about this, and now a baby is coming to the picture, and what does that mean? And not saying that you wouldn't have stayed together or anything, but that means, okay, well, we're definitely in it for the long haul. What's happening with his next posting? Where will he be going? Because that obviously impacts me and a baby now. Yeah, it was a shock to both of us. Like, like, I definitely wanted children and so did he, but we've spoken about not now. The next natural step, I think that 
was on our radar for me. I was enrolled to go back to uni. I wasn't thinking about changing career at that stage. And I was also looking at saving and trying to buy a house. And he was looking at wanting to build, he wanted to build a house. And I definitely had a crisis while he was away because I bought a puppy while he was on that deployment before the one before he came back to to me. And then we conceived all of it. So yeah, at like the midpoint I really wanted a dog and the, the cutest chocolate border collie ever from a breed I'd been following came up on my Instagram and I bought him. Like I bought this dog and was like, hey, I got a dog. <laughs> so that was actually one of the things that I did when I moved in with him. So he was over there and I was like, hey, I really want this border collie. He already had one. And he was like, oh, okay, like you want to wait until maybe I get back and I was like not really (laughs) so we had two dogs and we had a baby coming that's classic do you want to wait until (laughs) I get back not really no (laughs) it always seems to be though like I swear people get a puppy and then not long after they get pregnant I don't know what it is I have a theory it's got something to do with like what's the universe trying to say it's like now that you've seen how hard it is to have a puppy (laughs) I I don't know what it was so yeah, he was my first baby. <laughs> and then not long after, yeah, we had Olive. So at what point was it coming up where he might get posted and then considering what that will mean for you and a baby and going back to work and all of those things that need to I yeah. guess work together. Well, he was actually we were pretty lucky that he was asked to remain where he was. They were actually needing people pretty badly in the area that he works in. And the area that he works in, they do tend to go away, but where he was at the time this is all 2019, so this is pre-COVID still. I had no idea what was to come. I knew that we would be there for at least when the baby was born. I think I was about three months pregnant. I was about 12 weeks when our roommates moved out. They were a couple too, and they moved out in the house themselves, and then we were on our own. So the first 12 weeks of me being pregnant, we actually had yeah, we had two roommates, which were lovely. So that helped us too, because we, it meant that we were able to go, right, we're going to have a baby. We need to start saving and making a plan for after he or she's born. And we just went into action mode, I guess. He didn't have to go. It was August, September by this stage. And that's when everything, I think, starts to quiet down with trainings and that sort of thing away. He was away here and there, but nothing long. And there was all this stuff planned, obviously, for 2020 for him to be away. We didn't know what that would look like necessarily, but he knew that he would probably be away. But then COVID hit and all that got canned. The COVID actually worked in your favour, really. It did, really, because there was there was a few times where in pregnancy I was told, oh, he won't be here for the birth. He will be here. He won't be here. Then he was going to be here. So that happened a few times. Oh, we're going somewhere. Oh, no, we're not because of different things with going on in the world with COVID and stuff. So I think that's pretty usual anyway. Sometimes things change. So COVID worked in our favour in a way in that I had support. We were together throughout the pregnancy, which meant a lot to me being my first pregnancy. I really needed that. I needed him there and I didn't have family anywhere near us either. So when it came to career-wise, how were you thinking career and defence life would work and then a baby coming into the picture? What were you feeling and what were you thinking in regard to your career and how that would work? Career-wise, yeah, that was something I had thought about. Being a teacher, well, I, I was thinking I felt like I needed to change career. I felt like I really wanted to work with children still in the early childhood, earlier space, but 
I just needed to have a light at the end of the tunnel for moving out of the school context because I'd had a pretty rough two to three years of trying some early childhood qualified trying to sort of fit into the expectations of the school context especially because I'd gone for regional placement up in Townsville where it was quite different to down in Brisbane and some of the just the pressures and stuff I was really quite done at that point so in a way pregnancy was like okay well maybe this is also a challenge but it's an opportunity for me to pause and reassess and have some time to come up for a breath and think about what I really want to do. I ended up actually starting a new job the year of 2020. It was teaching, but at a new school. And I knew we were going to be in town for at least another two years or so. And I knew I was going to be going on maternity leave within one term. I felt pretty good, to be honest. I wanted to have a baby and not have to teach for a while, to be honest. (laughs) And then at what point... Did news of a posting and moving come up? That was actually after Lincoln, like after our second baby, not long after. We ended up building a house in Townsville, not long after we found out about Olive. And in the the beginning, it was sort of like, oh, okay, well, this sort of messes up. My partner wanted to build and he'd been thinking about it for a while and it was like, this messes up my plans. Like, are we going to be able to afford to do this now? And we really just kicked our butts in to go and realised that, yes. And we built a new house and always knew we were only going to be in it for two years because of postings and stuff. So we didn't know where we were going, but we always just knew that this house that we were building, we were really excited about and it was beautiful, but it just went so quickly. So Olive was born in 2020 in mid-year and and Lincoln was born in 2021 in the end of the year in October so there's only 16 months between the two so we sort of got pregnant we went on a little trip overseas together to New Zealand built a house and had two babies in the space of two years which is crazy 2020 to 2022 and that was while the in the pandemic too an amazing turnaround <laughs> I mean do you think that and that- sold a house too I should mention we just sold it so wow and do you yeah. think that actually all of that would have been possible if COVID hadn't have happened because your partner would have gone away and would have been here there and everywhere kind of thing we still would have been able to build and everything. It just would have made it a lot more pressure on me because he was able to be there for different things. There's a lot that goes into into that, which because I was pregnant at the time of building and my partner applied for a lot of the things we had to, any support we could get with being in defence, housing and stuff. So he did a lot of that work. And he kind of had to too because it's some of it I can't just go and submit forms to there. But I didn't do much. I picked colours, like I was involved in that sort of thing and with the bank and everything, but a lot of it was him. He did a lot of that work and I just focused on work, being pregnant and trying to, yeah, just trying to grow a baby and get ready for, get ready for a new baby. So, Yeah, which is not an easy thing. You say it like, mm, yeah, but 16 months apart is not, yeah, that's a huge effort. When it came to selling, I was more involved, definitely, and on that end of things and well there's a lot when it did come time for your partner to receive his first posting away from the location that you're at since you've been together what was it like when you got that news and thinking about all that needs to happen and the fact that you need to move away from where you met and where you had your babies and all of that yeah pretty sad like 
But again, I think true to our style, we were proactive, always proactive. (laughs) So we anticipated the fact that there was going to be a new location. And I was, to be honest, very sad about leaving the community and of friends and uh, in Townsville, our beautiful home, first home and my friends. But I was really keen <laughs> to just to move because I wanted to be closer down south to some family. And I was happy about the Canberra location because it's only two hours drive away from where we have family living in New South Wales. Townsville is a very long way from New South Wales and even from Brisbane. So I think my family in Brisbane and that's still the same amount of travel time as to get to Canberra. Also, I was anticipating returning to work and that's when my career really started to play in my mind. Like before it hadn't because I was really focused on my having babies and thinking about it, working in a different area. But when it came to, oh, okay, I've got to go off mat leave now. My paid parental leave was due to finish. I would have less than a month of time to enter back into the workforce, then I'd have to essentially pack up, sell the house, move with two kids. And my partner was going to be away towards that time at the end of the year doing stuff. So the reality of that hit pretty soon. It was like January, February, April, we really started to get organized. We just started thinking ahead and I started planning ahead because, which isn't always possible, but I was not, honestly, did not know how I was going to organize our house to go on the market, transition back to work and yeah, do all of that on my own. I ended up making a decision and just saying with the two kids, I haven't on my own, I haven't been coping on my own. Like having the support of friends is fantastic and my own familiar environment in my house. But I was just getting depleted to the stage of where I just needed, I needed some help and I knew I wasn't going to be capable of dealing with selling our house, doing all, getting ready to move. So made the decision to get some support from family for a couple of months. Like we just, I went on a little trip. We organized all the stuff. When we got out and posting order, then we organized to get the house on the market um, quickly after that. And then I went and stayed for a little holiday for a month or so, some family members. And how did that work for you <laughs> in regard to, I guess, helping having support with the kids and, you know, yeah. just having a break from, from everything? It's hard. Like it did definitely help. And it was a big step for me to, like I said earlier on, I am no good at asking for help and I, I used to be a lot worse. So it was a big step for me to actually go, I need support from family. I can't do this. We need help. And for me, that was like, felt a lot like handing over a little bit of control and power, which is a little bit of safety for me and in, in my routine and my environment and everything like that. It was a real balance. It was incredibly hard to not being in a familiar environment. Even going on a holiday for me and not having like at Christmas time and not having my own bed when I have two young kids is a big deal (laughs) and being in my own environment. So yeah, that was really quite difficult. And while it was still one of the biggest things was also the uncertainty because obviously I was kind of leaving, like posting to leave my job. We're going to be leaving my job even though I was thinking about changing career. That's a permanent job, (laughs) permanent career with the government, which... I can't actually keep if I change states and want to do any work in another state because it's a conflict of interest. So I do have to resign. 
It was very hard. That's when I reached out to the support for defence families. That's when I really started to utilise some of these things that are available, open arms and open arms peer support and SDFA, is that what it's called? And another big support that, you know, when you go on a holiday (laughs) with your children and if you're used to having them in early childhood education or childcare, then all of a sudden they're not doing, they're not in that. And yeah, I was sort of used to having them in a preschool. I had a really good preschool in Townsville, which when I found out about potentially the posting back in February, I, to Canberra, I was really proactive and I thought, well, if we're going to go to Canberra in 2023 or end of 2022, then I need to apply for centres for the children, early childhood centres and daycare right now because I knew there that there would be a big wait list and I'd heard it was really hard to get in in the city. So I actually applied for them in back in February to go into an early learning centre here and I didn't even have a confirmation of the posting yet. So I sort of thought maybe I should apply in other cities too. (laughs) How did that work for you? I ended up taking myself off a few waiting lists because I was pretty much told there's no guarantee of anything, but it's looking like it's going to be here. And I don't really know if that's like you put in your preferences. Obviously, I don't really know how it works because this is our first posting, but I know that there's certain ones where they have to go to certain locations. But yeah, so I still actually, so what is it now? I put that back in in February 2022, the beginning of February, and I still am on that waiting list and I don't have a position until February 2023. In Canberra? In Canberra, yeah. So it's taken taken a year to get into this one. At the moment, you're in temp accommodation. Them being in some sort of care is going to work in your favour when it comes time to actually moving into your property and doing all that sort of stuff if you can have some care for the kids. Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing because I've been on my own so much. No deployments, but lots of training and stuff. Yeah, just really, <laughs> I just went, no, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it would be hard because I have close friends who had two kids under two who did a similar thing and they warned me and I also watched her go through it and watched them sort of get really depleted and and I did somewhat, but yeah, I, I just thought, no. My partner also knew that it wasn't a good idea. So we reached out and we kind of spoke up after we got our posting order. We're going to need some support and that and that looked like him being away at that stage, being away and then me having my parental leave ending while he was away and then me having to go back to work on my own at the end of the year at a job that I'm having to leave anyway. So um, we kind of spoke up and talked to different people about what options were available for supporting me and one of those options was to post a little bit earlier and be members without dependents so I'm actually closer to family than I was up there and he'll come to Canberra when his job is going to be starting but I've come a little bit earlier than that. The consequence of that is that you guys are apart but you're being supported in other ways so it's you know it's catch-22. Well we would have been apart anyway so (laughs) that was the logic like we're going to be apart anyway and we're in a situation where within a month at the end of the year I'm going back to work leaving my work looking and that's the other thing looking for I had to find a new job here too (laughs) like at the end how does that work I don't know how people do it like every two years because yeah I was going to have to find a job to start and applying for jobs when you're in Queensland in North Queensland and then applying for positions from my perspective applying for positions in Canberra I didn't feel as if like when I didn't have an address or anything 
in Canberra and I just I felt a little bit disadvantaged being in an, in another state I don't know I don't know if anyone else has found that before you could find the perfect job but if you're then going to have to be living in a property that's 45 minutes away is that going to be the right balance for you and then you know you're waiting on childcare and all of these things to line yeah. up together Honestly, like the amount of detective work that I did with early childhood centres, Google Maps, starting blocks website, different jobs, even looking into I've been retraining using the time of the rest of my paid parental leave to do a course and looking at my options going, okay, I can also do work from home and like every single thing I considered of how to best support, support my well-being and not completely, but just burn myself out. <laughs> end up having a mental breakdown because that's what it seemed like the end of the year was a recipe for the end of 22 was shaping up to be and a lot of planning and it helps that I have a lot of experience in early childhood education I've worked a lot in that area and I know about it and I know a few tips and tricks to sort of ring around and get a position for the kids and looking for places that I'll feel comfortable sending them because when you can't be in the town that you get looking for early childhood center for your children you can't meet, go there and see um, the place before you put them enroll them or put them on the wait list. Yeah, that's right. It's huge trying to get a feel for what the place yeah. is actually like and, yeah, the facilities and the people and, yeah. So that was another big thing. So early childhood centre for me, our preschool is my biggest support network when I'm still parenting, isolated away from family, apart from friends, other defence mums who have, like other partners who have children too. That's been our biggest, my biggest support, like my village pretty much, our early childhood centre. That's where I sort of tried to plan everything around and it's ended up that, the centre that they're starting in February is nine minutes drive from our house. And the next thing that I have to do is like get a job. So I sort of chose the centre first and then we got our house and then I'm now I've got to find a job. Yeah, exactly. Which wouldn't have worked if you'd found the job first and then let everything else fall into place. It's almost like when you have this huge task ahead of you, like it was just so big. Everything at once is too much almost makes made me want to shut down and just not do any of it I was like oh my gosh how <laughs> but little by little like step by step it's a much more manageable easy way to achieve it and asking for help and um defense has been very supportive that's good of me and my partner's unit just keeping them in the loop about what's going on the people in particular have been the most supportive in different times especially in pregnancy and having little ones like there's been occasions where like he was supposed to be going he was told he had to be away or for a deployment on somewhere on the ship and that was my first pregnancy he was going to miss the birth miss the early stages and that was quite distressing for me <laughs> actually but somebody else who had this a similar qualification actually pulled themselves off another opportunity to take his place so then he could be here for me so he didn't have to do that he just chose because he found out about it aside from all of those things having to align and then like you mentioned you still need to look for employment you've also decided to set up a business in amongst all of that yeah so I have <laughs> I returned back to full-time work between baby so full-time teaching when Olive was about 12 months I was really teaching when she was six months and full-time when she's 12 months before I went on maternity leave again and that alone along with solo parenting quite a bit a toddler while I was super pregnant um, due to my partner being away that really took a toll on me to be honest and throughout my pregnancy I got really sick 
quite a few times I ended up I ended up in hospital just for little things that shouldn't have been a big deal like a cold with a sinus infection and like a chest infection from a virus like I was very depleted and run down and after I had Lincoln my birth I ended up just a couple of the things from the previous two years I think having two babies really close together I just started to fall apart, really, <laughs> physically and mentally in the early days, definitely not long after his birth. I had an amazing experience with his birth, with Lincoln's birth. I sort of got the birth that I wanted because the first one that I had was, and the first postpartum that I had was just so full on. I just didn't really have the opportunity to stop and look after myself the way that I should have. And the second time around, I wanted to do it different. I really informed myself about where I was going to have him and how I was going to do it to look after myself the most I could because I knew that I had to be in the most physically and mentally strong position to be able to parent two young children with a partner that works away. And, yeah, after his birth, I had exactly the birth I wanted, but things started to fall apart for me and I ended up with quite a severe, I think it was a birth injury that I never noticed with Olive with my first baby because I just was so I thought it was normal when I found out the second time what I experienced that time around was not normal and I really slipped through the cracks and I was having a lot of issues with incontinence and stuff so ended up actually having this birth injury and like pretty normal to have some degree of prolapse after you have a vaginal birth but mine was quite severe and I kind of had this realisation of I've been sort of physically falling apart a little bit here and I think that that I need to do something about it. And getting myself into teaching and into work was really like it just felt like I was going against the grain almost, like dragging my feet in a way when it used to be something that I absolutely loved doing, working with kids and teaching. And I realized that maybe the way that in my career that I've been working, the way I've been living wasn't necessarily aligned with the way that what was best for me or aligned with my actual values or and who I was. So I had this huge realization of I need to really start looking after myself and prioritizing my well-being when this happened because I started to think about, well, I thought, will I be able to stand be on my feet again? Like, am I going to need surgery? Like, how is this going to affect me for the rest of my life? And I really realized I was like, I need to look after myself in this time because if I don't, like, or more so, I want to live, you know, a happy, long life and be in good health. And this is a period of time I really need to pay attention to my well-being instead of being kind of forgotten and... Yeah, so I found out about postpartum doulas and I wanted to complete some training and I wanted to set up a like a nature play type business because I'd done play groups in the past with mothers with babies, just a community play group, like a volunteer activity, which I had to stop because I had to go back to paid work, but I really loved it and just felt right. And so that's where it's all sort of come from. How are you planning on establishing that business in your new location and and balancing that? Have you got a sort of plan on where you even start when you're in a new location with a business? I have. So I did the groundwork when I was still in Townsville and did a lot of work in looking at things I needed to set up a community group, like a, a group, a baby postpartum nature group. I thought I could sort of use that knowledge and apply it. So I've done a lot of the stuff that I needed to do admin-wise, a lot of annoying (laughs) jumping through hoops and stuff. 
So because I'm new to the area and I need to establish myself and put some roots down and make get to know some people before I start, you know, being able to offer people any support. Like I really need to sort myself out first. So that was sort of the way that I thought that I would be able to start to establish it. And I also have a big focus on parents and mothers that are isolated and in defense as well. And that's sort of where it, another reason how it came about because being socially isolated because of um, work and being my first baby, a lot of the focus was not on me. I think it was all on all on the newborn and that's typical in our culture. It really surprised me, I think, like it was a big shock. And then when you throw into the mix, I didn't have to do this with my children, but I can't even imagine posting to a new location and having a baby shortly after and then you know where's the mum's needs fit in like who is actually looking after her especially if there's other children involved if it's a second or third child because dad only dad gets four weeks paternity leave which is amazing considered um, that a lot of workplaces they might not get any or they might only get two weeks standard if family are living far away they often come and they might stay with the new mother for a period of time to provide support or meet the baby and it's sort of all exciting you know when family come and stay with you to stay it's like a they get leave and it's a big deal it's not just mum's just going to pop over and help me with the baby because she lives in the same city as me if your support network lives in another city it's a big deal for them to come if they even can to get time off work it sort of turns into this whirlwind where sometimes the mother can really get forgotten so that was where the idea stemmed from just trying to bring the focus back to supporting the mother and the transition in her life amongst all of the other stuff like posting and trying to find houses and trying to introduce this new person to the family and we mentioned that you are in temp accommodation at the moment you've gone ahead of your partner down to Canberra and you've managed to sort out temporary childcare but or on the list for permanent childcare. You've got a DHA property locked in and the employment stuff still needs to sort itself out. But overall, what's your verdict on your first posting experience away from a location and to a new location and sorting all of the things that come with posting out? I think it's probably been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do, especially with the two children it's not just about the administration or practical aspects of or the, the stress of, of everything, like literally stars aligning <laughs> um, and all that work you have to put in. It's also the emotional side of it, of leaving a place that you put roots down in and just the disorientation that is involved in leaving somewhere, packing all your things up. Often other people might pack them up for you um, and, be, you know, touching all your things and that sort of thing. That's a little bit in itself and feeling like you don't quite belong in a place like almost when you first arrive feels like everybody knows you're not from there (laughs) and you just feel a little bit funny and out of place so there's that aspect too so just yeah not really feeling like you have a home for however long a period of time and that part I found quite tough on top of the life admin or finding a position and navigating employers and resumes and cover letters which take a really long time to do and yeah I the final verdict would have to be that it's a learning curve for me because it's the first time and if I had to do it again potentially it wouldn't be as challenging because I've learned it's like the first time you drive a car 
new, it's all really unfamiliar. But, yeah, for next time, it'll be a lot of planning where possible. That's sort of been the saving grace for me and asking for help. Telling people, yeah, communicating and actually saying I need help and then so my partner can speak to the right support services or I can reach out to those. But what's going on with us, what we need support with, how we would like that and when we need it. Otherwise, it would have been a lot harder and I don't know how I would have coped. Like you said, it's like driving a car for the first time. Mm. You learn some tips and tricks. It's not as scary the next time, but you adjust your needs and wants and, like you said, put your hand up for help because you know what you need from the first time, even though every time is going to be different, but you can sort of base it off the first time and know that, okay, well, I would do this differently or I would definitely do this again, that sort of thing. Yes. And all of the support and help that I got were from people who had been there, done that, and like the open arms care support was amazing. Speaking to people in the same situation at a little defense, like at the play group with other mums, getting help and tips and information just made such a difference. Well, thank you so much, Chantelle, for coming on the podcast and telling us about your journey and your experience with posting for the first time and I guess establishing yourself in new location, all the things that lay ahead for the next couple of years in Canberra. Thank you for having me. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 